Welcome once again to Oakwood Connect. This is Pastor Ariel with Elder John Trombley. And we are continuing on the series on the parables of the sower. And we're looking at the stony soil today. All right. So we've had uh, some pauses in between. But I'm thankful, uh, brother, that we have time this morning to continue with our looking at these parables of Jesus. And we're going to be going into the second soil where you looked at the, the wayside and we talked extensively about the danger of not understanding, which was a big thrust in mm -hmm. the last one. You know, it's not that God faults us for not understanding, but actually for resisting the desire that the Holy Spirit produces in us to want to understand and just taking an indifferent approach to the scriptures. But what if we do have an interest in the scriptures? What can Satan do to distract us or prevent the, the fruits from manifesting at this stage? So why don't, we, you, why don't we begin like we've done in the past by reading at the verses that we will be looking at. Um, so John, if you could read for us the, the part of the parable relating to the stony, um, the stony ground. Sure, so I'm gonna be reading uh, Matthew 13, uh, verses five through six. And it says, some fell on the stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. <clears throat> All right. So this soil doesn't have a surface problem. The, the wayside did. In the wayside, the surface was hard. Mm -hmm. The seed just bounced a couple of times and the birds chomped at it and ate it up. This one, the, the problem is not at the surface. It's beneath the surface. Um, now, Jesus interprets this parable for us uh, later on. Um, John, could, could you read from us in Matthew 13, I believe it's starting in verse 20, where Jesus gives us some of the meanings of the symbols that he's used. Sure. So again, this is Matthew 13, verse 20. It says, But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Uh, verse 21 says, Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. All right. So what are some things that stand out to you, John, from this soil? Well, right. I guess right away what, what stands out to me is that, uh, you know, they receive the word with joy. They, 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 they receive it. And I guess what I get from that is who doesn't like the idea of, a forgiving God. Mm -hmm. all, all like that idea, right? Um, people do not reject Christianity because there's this loving God that loves them and 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 will uh, and forgives them. They they re they reject it for other reasons. Nobody hates the idea of a loving God. The problem is though, we all like that idea, but there's a little bit more that goes along with Christianity, and we receive that word. But then to live that word, and not only just to live it, but to be to live it in a world that doesn't necessarily uh, uh, believe it, it's, it too. So we receive the word, we find joy in the word, and then we go and we try to live with our families or our friends or our coworkers, and it gets we get rejected, mm -hmm. and so. I think that's the, that that's what stands out to me. Yes, there's joy in the word, absolutely, but there's a couple of other things that's going on there. Again, living the word is very, uh, and when I say living the word, intellectually, 
you know, I love the, uh, I, I love our prophecies that we have and all those things. Intellectually, they're mind blowing. Mm-hmm. They really are. I mean, they, they are terrific, <laughs> you know, and you can always go back and you'll always find more. But the changing of the heart that's supposed to go along with it, yeah. that's the hard part. We love prophecy, but Daniel, Daniel had a character that he was able to uh, get to Nebuchadnezzar, if you will. It was mm-hmm. his character that got to him. So we enjoy the intellectual part. The hard part <laughs> is that heart change that you know, keeps you, you going. You, you mentioned Nebuchadnezzar, right? He got the seed, so to speak, because Jesus right. says the seed is the word. Nebuchadnezzar got the prophetic word in that he didn't understand the dream that he had received, and it troubled him. Mm-hmm. But when he received the, the the dream and the interpretation, he was so happy. He rewarded Daniel. He gave him all these you know accolades and and promotions. But then he began to think about what that dream meant. Exactly. Oh, hold up, uh, I'm only the head. Right. Another kingdom inferior to mine will serve. What? Mm-hmm. And so now there's problems. The word doesn't stay at a surface level like you and I were talking about. And when I read that word, you know, they receive the word with joy. To me, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't have to be necessarily this because it's not bad, you know, to have someone saying, hey, I'm so glad you came to study with me today. Oh, I've I've been looking forward to our Bible studies all week. That's exciting, you know, to Mm -hmm. have someone with that kind of excitement and joy for a Bible study. But my concern is that we would not recognize or discern when I am being way too dependent on my emotions Mm -hmm. for my spiritual commitments. And I believe that this is something that Jesus is addressing in the second parable. In the first soil, in the second soil rather, in the first soil, Jesus addresses the indifferent, hard-hearted individual that if you wanted to say, hey, would you like to have a Bible study? They would, you know, give you a cold look or a very stern rejection. I don't want to waste my time with that. These people would actually say, yes, I would love that. Because, like you said, they're thinking, tell me more about this amazing God that will prosper me and bless me with riches or (laughs) protect me from whatever diseases. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me more about, you know, things that about how how people were wrong back then during the medieval era or how people are wrong from that religious group. Let's let's study more about how they are wrong and we are right. Mm. Well, that's fine when the Bible studies entail that aspect. But when the prophetic finger begins to point home, like it did for Nebuchadnezzar, and I begin to realize that it's not just Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom and needs to perish, but my, my earthly pursuits, I begin to realize that the same heart that was inside Nebuchadnezzar was inside each of the disciples. Mm-hmm. They were engrossed and obsessed with an earthly kingdom. And Jesus, that seed, the living word, had come to demolish that. Right. They, I, I, I'm reading a story to my daughter about Jesus in the storm with the boat, uh, with the disciples in the boat in the stormy sea. And my daughter couldn't understand why that happened. And I shared with her, well, they were grumpy they were very grumpy and angry at Jesus because he had just fed thousands. He had healed people and people were like, hey, he needs to be our ruler because forget food stamps. He can feed us with two loaves of, two fishes and five loaves. You know, forget it. Right. We, he, we, we have an endless supply of, of nourishment. No one can, can lay a siege on us. You know, we will never grow hungry. And perchance our soldiers get wounded or even die in the battle this commander can resurrect the dead and heal anything. 
So we will have an invisible ar army, uh, endless supply of, of um, food. We can take on the Romans now, finally. Mm -hmm. And the, the disciples were like, amen, amen. And then Jesus says, get on the boat. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for coming. This is all for now. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. Go home. And the disciples are so bitter because Jesus is chipping away at their goal of earthly kingdoms. And that's the, the, the dying, the, the Christian dying to self that the Bible points to in that my earthly pursuits may need to be surrendered. The goals that I had set up or even the accomplishments that I have achieved thus far may need to be um, crucified. Yeah. and laid aside for a higher calling that God may place in our lives. And that's when not many people follow. That's when the plant withers because there are things beneath the surface that prevent us from a full submitted uh, surrender, a full committed surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. And John, that's something that speaks to you and I right now. Yeah. You know, there's endless possibilities for the depth of a root. And in proportion to the depth of the root can the stock grow upward um the, the taller the tree the deeper the roots right mm -hmm. and i i think a farmer or some guy that was big into nature and organic farming told me that we have no idea how really deep the roots go of those big humongous trees right those those roots go he said just as deep into the earth as the tree is tall if you've ever had to try to get rid of one you find out right yeah i mean it can go forever then it's you know and the way they interconnect with each other how broad the, the root system the goes destruction out. they can do <laughs> as well it's it's a an amazing parable of when jesus says they have no roots right why don't they have no roots well it's not that the seed cannot produce the depths of roots but there are rocks there are stony grounds underneath the surface that are preventing those roots to go deep as they should, mm. as they need to. And so the stock doesn't go up because it doesn't have roots beneath, because there are stones that when confronted with this need, this part of your life needs to go. Mm -hmm. This cherished pursuit of yours needs to go. Um, and I think I've shared this with you and I definitely shared this with the church. You know, the, my, one of these stones as an example, was me dating a girl that was not interested in spiritual things at all whatsoever she was an idol to me um and so i would refuse to let her go and continually through sermons and sabbath school lessons and conversations that i would have with spiritual leaders i was confronted with the fact that my spiritual life will remain stagnant um, boring and unreal um, unchanging as long as I keep this relationship, because the moment I want to commit to the Lord and the moment I want to be more involved in church, she's going to call me and be like, hey, what are you doing? You want to go to a movie with me? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, yup. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to call my youth leader and be like, hey, that that project of going to He Feed the Homeless today, I'm sorry, bro, I'm not feeling good. Something's in my stomach. And, and he'll be like, all right, Ariel, see you next week. Yup, bye. Mm -hmm. And I'll be out the door. Why? And I have no problem canceling on God like that. Why? Because I had a stone and... Maybe, John, it's not so much that we have stones in our soil, but rather that our heart is stony. Well, you know, it makes me think of, you know, the, the, the stone, if you will. It almost, uh, it's almost this, uh, what's the word I want? Uh, in place of time. Mm. You know, it, we have no problem, again, accepting the, the surfacey stuff of Christianity, right? As far as you know, uh, intellectual being saved and, and the intellectual things, the abstracts, you know, we, we talk about, we've talked about this a couple of times. We recently just got done with an evangelistic series here 
and people don't leave over the big stuff. I know. They don't leave over the state of the dead. They don't leave over... Mark um, of the Beast. Yeah, the or... Mark of the Beast, all those things. What is frustrating for me personally, what people leave over, I can't have pork, right? <laughs> to me, it doesn't make... You know, again, I come from the world, and hey, I, I liked bacon as much as the next person, but when I, when I got to that point, it was like, yeah, okay, you know, mm-hmm. but but people will leave over that. They'll leave over pork. They'll leave over jewelry. They'll leave, you know, these these lifestyle things. Cigarettes. Cigarettes. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the kitchen, the wallet, and the closet. Right. Those three areas, for whatever reason, they are our inner sanctums. Mm-hmm. And why won't we give those things up? I believe is the outcome of a stony heart. Right. A stony heart cannot discern the value of what you really have. Mm-hmm. You know, a child will give up things of true value for things that have no value at all. If uh, I gave my little girl my phone um, and then someone said, hey, look at this pretty dolly. It talks and it, it you know, it wets itself and it, it kind of moves around mm-hmm. and it tells my daughter, I'll give you this dolly in exchange for your iPhone 8 Plus. My daughter will be like, gladly, here's the phone, give me my dolly. Right. And Satan has does do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned that people will not walk away because of, you know, state of the dead or the, the more ab- the millennium. You right. know, people won't walk away from those things. But, you know, really, this is for me as a personal challenge. If there was a sermon that people should walk away from is the one when I preach about the cross, mm. about Christ, the, the Christ crucified. Because Paul says that that was foolishness to the Greeks and a stumbling block to the Jews. And maybe we're making Jesus and the cross and the message that entails a meaningless thing that people feel like, oh, that's a gushy, squishy, fuzzy-wuzzy teaching. Mm -hmm. So so warm and welcoming when it's actually why people were left out of the synagogue in the times of Paul. Right. They were fine listening to all of these things. But the Bible says when he spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that's when all hell broke loose and they wanted to kill him and stone him and drag him to death and the, the Romans had to come and rescue him. Mm-hmm. He wasn't talking about the millennium, even the, the pork. Right, right. <laughs> it was Jesus and him crucified that got Paul stoned and ultimately beheaded. And so maybe, John, we are not, myself, I'm talking to myself, I am not exalting Christ as I should because two things will happen. Either people will be completely attracted to him and you love Jesus more than you love bacon or whatever else, or your closet or your outfits or any of those things, mm-hmm. you will love him more um, or you will completely be offended at what accepting him would entail. Right. And that's what it says here. Um, but only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he or she falls away. I don't know how then King James reads in verse 21 of Matthew 13. Uh, mine says two, quali- two qualities, when affliction or persecution. Um, I'm curious how the New King James uh, uses um, or translates those two words that the New, New American says, uh, when affliction or persecution in verse 21. How does it read in the New King James? Mine says, uh, let's see, 21. Yeah, he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while for when tribulation or persecution arises. So tribulation or persecution, they sound synonymous in the New American when it says affliction or persecution. You know, persecution I see as an outward thing, whereas an affliction I see as an inward thing. Mm. 
um, yes, you know, you, you will become incompatible with, with the humor at work, the comments, the gossip, the backbiting, the cutthroat. I'm not no longer compatible with that kind of a worldview. But inside of me, I also begin to recognize that there's a battle taking place. Because now I see the word wanting to reach into areas of my life that I've kept God out of. Mm -hmm. It's easy to say, you know, I accept the cross of Jesus. Lord, save me, forgive my sins, and we're good to go. But when Jesus says, um, what about this girlfriend that you're fornicating with? What? What? No, no, no but I've given myself to right. you, Lord. I've and accepted your grace. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, exactly. You're not supposed to keep bringing this up. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's interesting how God deals with each of us differently. Mm -hmm. Because not everybody, you, you have these two individuals practicing the same thing. One of them will be convicted about it, but the other person won't. Right. They'll be convicted about something else because we're all different. Mm -hmm. And God meets us where we're at. And the things he began to convict me with, I thought were huge. But later on, as I matured as a Christian, I, I look back and I'm like, God was convicting me over simple things. Mm -hmm. um, I thought giving up some of, some of my CD music was huge. You know, but, um, oh yeah, that's right. They, they use way too much profanity. Oh yeah, they talk about the occult and they're all worshiping a pentagram. Maybe that's not a, a good thing to have right. for a Christian. You know, some of the occult imagery that they had in some of the music or the way that they talked about women and some of the other music. I got convicted. And I, would, I thought that was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And then I had to give up my girlfriend. And I thought that was the hardest thing I've ever done. And then I had to give up my college career for the Lord. And I thought that was the hardest thing I've ever done. But the reality is that, John, what, what ends up being given up is pieces of me, pieces of my heart that I'm willing to say, tell the Lord, take that stone out. Right. Take that stone out because because of that stone, I will say no to you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, um, basically what you just talked about, for one per some sin isn't sin for others. It's kind of the same premise that you were talking about, where <clears throat> if you have to, I may have to focus on entertainment, but that may not be a sin for somebody else. That may not, or it's a sin, but it's not one that they struggle with. And God is not bringing that sin to their attention at this moment. Right. Uh, it may be something else mm -hmm. for them. So I guess that's one of the things that, um, we need to talk about as as brothers and sisters in Christ. Jesus, uh, he's resurrected. He's talking with the disciples. Peter is next to him, and he tells Peter how he's going to die. And Peter says, well, what about what him? About that guy, right. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus' response is, for me, who God is convicting me about, you know, whatever, cigarettes or entertainment, if God's convicting me about that, I can't use other people as a scapegoat. Mm. Well, how come you're not convicting him? He's a deacon. Or how come you're not convicting him? He's he, whatever. Jesus is saying, what if I want him to stay alive until I come? What is that to you? You come and follow right. me. Exactly. So this is a personal thing. The seed goes into your heart and you could be married to someone and their convictions may not be at the same level as you are. I mean, I just spoke about some of the, the tensions that can come in marriage through this marriage series. Um, and sometimes the expectation is, well, if I have to stop doing this, then my wife's gonna have to stop also. And sometimes when I get convicted of something that really hurts, then if I wanna be miserable, then everybody's gotta be miserable with me. Right. <laughs> and so I'll go and get on these soapboxes where everybody has to do what I feel God is convicting me to do. But in the reality is that it's my heart really that's accountable. And it really is, we really do um, 
practice this uh, with our families, right? When in our homes, if I, again, if I'm dealing with, if if I have to deal with something, now everybody has to, right? And and it becomes. If I a can't problem. have pizzas, then no one can right. have pizza. And it really does become a pro. It really does become a problem when when we project that, and now our kids, right? Where's this coming from? It's out of left field for them. So, and I bring that up because we have seen uh, families that this this type of tension that it brings, uh, it it breaks families up. And you know, I, when a lot of times when we come to Christ, and we've realized like where we've been hurt and stuff like that, you know, you start to uh, Christ does expand your mind. You do start thinking of things, um, and then we we might go after people that have hurt us not after them in the sense of i want to get even with you but at them with look you did this this and this to me and i just want to say you know i've acknowledged it and i forgive you okay they may not hear that last part you know (laughs) just because you've become enlightened doesn't mean they have as well so we need we also need to practice other parts of our christian walk where we can forgive them and maybe they not they may not be ready to have that talk with you so you can forgive them on your own, and and again, I mean, we're, we're kind of getting off yeah, be, track be, here a little. Well, bit, I think that 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 idea is, um, you've been convicted, right? Your heart was hurt, mm-hmm. but you were convicted. I need to forgive them, but maybe God has not convicted them that what they did is wrong, right? And they have to go through a journey of acknowledging that. You know, at, at the end of the day, as we, I'm listening to you and I'm backtracking on all that we've talked about, this second soil has a choice: mm-hmm. the stone or the seed, right? You cannot keep both. Mm-hmm. You cannot keep a resistant heart, um, but you have to relinquish that. Right. But how do we get rid of a stony heart? Um, you were sharing with me a passage in which, um, I don't know if that's where you were going to right now. I'm there, yeah. Um, in which we are promised um, a heart change, a, right. a transformation. Um, why don't you read that for us, uh, John? Sure. It's uh, This is Ezekiel chapter 36, verses uh, 26 through 27, which, by the way, when Jesus does, you know, speak this parable, he want, he he understands that the people there have read the Old Testament. So I believe he's using this on purpose when he, when he uses Ezekiel 36, verses uh, 26 through uh, 27. It says, I will give you a new heart. And put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Uh, verse 27 it says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. Um, so, again, did they have, did the, the, did the Jewish people have the law? Yes. They had the law, right? But did they keep it? No. No. Why? Because their heart wasn't changed and it wouldn't allow the word in it exactly that and so on a daily basis john you and i are confronted with the choice of the seed or the stone Mm -hmm. and every day you know as a a gardener we're like a big field you know however many years we get to live that's a new territory that is uncharted for us Mm -hmm. and you may have already harvested in this area of the field and taken the stones out and you've had a nice harvest but lo and behold, there's a new territory right now, a, a new year of life, a new month of life, a new day of life that is completely unpredictable and yet unknown to us. And through life, through time, 
God reveals to us other areas in our lives that still has stones. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I've given up things for the Lord. There's music, there's entertainment, there are relationships that I no longer partake of. But believe me, John, there are still stones in my heart that God shows to me, stones of pride and selfishness in various forms that I get confronted with, the seed or the stone. Boy, absolutely. You know, again, as we're as we're talking about this, it's just that 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 key word you just talked about, time. Time seems to be our enemy. You know, we accept Christ and we accept his word, and then we have to live it because we have this area of time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still in this world, right? We're all, but we're changed. And so now we have this time and time seems to be the thing that chips away at us. Mm-hmm. You know, we can continue to be with Christ. We continue to cling to him or we allow the time to take over. Well, you know, that verse that you read, I discovered it early on in my Christian reconversion. And that verse confused me because I was sobbing and weeping when I read it. I'm like, Lord, that's exactly what I need from you today. Mm-hmm. I needed to read this from your word today. Take this stony heart. I give it to you. And I'm, it was all sincere repentance and sobbing. That was not fake or phony. It was Holy Spirit driven. And I yielded and I surrendered. And I thought this stony heart is out. Praise the Lord. I have a heart of flesh. It's- Praise the Lord. But what I didn't understand, it was God took the stony heart, the stony, uh, out of the stony stuff out of my heart from that area of my life. Mm-hmm. I was not yet married when that happened. I was not yet a father when that happened. I was not yet a pastor, not even a nurse when that happened. So as you progress in life, mm-hmm. the more you live life, the more soil, acres of soil, you, if you want to use that metaphor, you have. And the more soil you have, the more you'll have to be sensitive to the Spirit's leading that this word of God will spread roots and the roots will need to reach every corner of your life. And if it's going to do that, there will be stones at every corner of your life that will continually be called out. And the, the Lord will say to you, do you want the seed or you want this stone? Amen. Do you want the seed or you want the stone? And every morning when you wake up and throughout that day, you will be confronted. Do you want this stone? Look at this. Look at this temper. Look at this lack of impatience. Look at this arrogance. Mm. Look at this lust. Look look at this greed. Do you want to keep this stone? Because if you keep this stone, it will it will prevent the root from taking deep ground, deep hold of you. And when temptations or trials or tribulations come, you will wilt away as a Christian. Just because today I'm budding strong and, and you know green with leafy um, uh, green leafy um stems doesn't mean that I'll always be that way it, the, the plant needs a continual evaluation and a continual uh, surrendering of the Lord so what John read about Ezekiel is being offered to you today but for today tomorrow morning you need to again come to with the Lord and say father I'm not invalidated what happened yesterday I'm just confessing the fact that there are many stones that because they're underneath the surface I don't recognize them Whatever you show me today, I prefer the seed and not my stones.